Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Zach Celedonia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and rejoining me here for a little post-game Monday morning quarterbacking is a one slash Zach Celedonia, and um, this is one of those days where I would say, Flash, how are you doing? Um, I don't know that I want you to honestly answer that question <laughs> after a 16-14 to 14 Steelers loss to the Ravens, but I'm going to ask it anyways. How are you doing? Tired, tired, man. <laughs> not, not even because of the Steelers. Oh, Today is my uh, car inspection day. Oh, jeez. So that means I have to get up at like there. seven on my off day and <laughs> take my car over to my man Fred's for an inspection because uh, my mom offers to like pick me up and take me back home before she starts her job for the day, which is nice of her. But that means I have to get up early on my off day. Yeah, I hear you on that, man. Well, I just had some car troubles myself and uh, actually a battery under warranty that had to be fixed. And uh, luckily there was just a Panera like right around the corner. So I had like a two little two, three block walk. But in the cold, man, you know what I mean? It's like I'm still walking out there and that's so good for you. At least you got a ride. I, I hate sitting. I hate sitting like at, at a dealership or at an auto repair or putting tires on. They're like, hey, you want to sit in our lobby? And there's like what equates to like one or two homeless looking people in the corner with the saddest looking coffee pot you've ever seen in your life. And it's oh, the worst. You and can only scan the room so many times and be like, <laughs> Oh yeah, that's cool. Look at that painting. Look at that fish tank. Yeah. It's, look, it gets look, pretty boring fast. Look, hey, that's, what's today's weather. It's going to show me again because we have like three quarters of the TV screen filled with whatever like predetermined crap that comes from whatever corporate wants on their TVs there. And then maybe, maybe if you're unfortunate enough too, they're going to, there's going to be some type of news or politics on the TV. And that just makes it even worse. It's like, I just want to drown all of this out. I'd much prefer that they just play Christmas music year round. Mariah Carey on loop. Although don't talk about Mimi. She's an angel. So anyways, <laughs> I, I thought we were beyond this. I know you thought we were beyond this too. I thought I was never going to have to talk about Mitch Trubisky ever again. Let me put that on hold for just one second, because this morning I'm just so irritated. I've actually went on and hit the block button on Facebook. I'm like, I never want to see a post from this one guy. Ever. Everybody talks about Mike Tomlin's record, not winning a playoff game. This, that show me one other person. As soon as you do that, there was like somebody that called in in the post game yesterday with Stan Saver and Charlie Batch, right? Yeah. And they were like, well, tell me one team that's like that. And they named a team. I forgot what his argument was. And the guy was like, okay. Then he asked the, question in the inverse and it was like they started laughing because it was like well tell me one team that loses like the Steelers do then tell me one team that wins like the Steelers do you know what I mean that wasn't the exact question and then they just started laughing they're like wait we just answered your question and, it, and so why do you want why are you asking this the complete opposite way there's just people that just want to spout off and be angry for no other reason than to be angry and we've yeah. got a very entitled spoiled fan base I get it man I do you're not used to the Steelers being five and eight and now you think you could uh, crow about, well, Mike Tomlin might not have a, he's going to have his first losing season. So that means he's going to be fired and this and that. And it's like, you just don't realize how good of a coach he is. But you also don't realize like what this team has been going through. And I, I know that they continue to say guys like Stan and Charlie, and they say, well, the Steelers won't use the word rebuilding. We haven't used the word rebuilding either. 
and I don't really know how much rebuilding that they're doing because they still have blocks. They still have pieces in place to, you know, they don't have a whole lot. I think that they need to fill. Although when you look at it and you see a bad football team and there's people that we talked about this, that want the higher draft picks. And it's like, they don't want, there's people that don't want the team to win because they don't want them in the playoffs. Because then they're just like, oh, they'll just get smoked. Why make the playoffs? Well, the playoffs is an achievement for a lot of teams. You're really spoiled for that. So you don't like, you don't want the Steelers to make the playoffs. That means you don't want to see them win. But when they don't win, now you're upset. But then there's the other people that are like, hey, we want them to lose. They can't even tank right because we can get a higher draft pick. And all that means is, is what number you're picking at. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to hit on it. And you complain about every player that they hit on anyways. Like if they hit on TJ White, yeah, forget about it. What what guy have they drafted in the last few years have done this, that, and the other thing? There there is a problem with the Steelers, and it is a depth problem. Okay, yeah. And I'm gonna address. We're gonna address that. But I I just kind of wanted to kick this off with the why, why is Mike Tomlin the scapegoat here? Like all of a sudden we've forgotten. We did forget Matt Canada. I understand the defense. They had an opportunity to maybe get the ball back at the end of this game, but you had. Three turnovers, interceptions that we're going to really get into. And you had a blocked kick because you let Calais Camel, who isn't skinny, a skinny man, get skinny. I think that was one of the press conference words. And a guy has a history of blocking kicks, and that may have made all the difference in this game. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss this question to you because I know you've got some notes and stuff. And I know we're going to go on a roast fest with a certain quarterback. But I'm really trying to contain it, man. We're about five minutes in. And I've only said his name once so far. Mitch Trubisky, I'll say it twice. But do you have... I'll say it three times. He'll show up like Beetlejuice. <laughs> That's Todd Haley. Um, <laughs> Todd Haley reminds me. He would totally be the... Be Doesn't he seem kind of like that? He's like real gruff. And like I could see him in like the striped suit. <laughs> Oh, hey, absolutely. Hey, yeah, yeah. He, he's a straight shooter, Todd Haley. <laughs> who, on and off the field. Who's who who are you who are you blaming for the loss? And if you say Trubisky, I'm gonna make you have to just pick something else just for for the sake of we've got a lot more meat on the bone with uh good old uh Pro Bowl quarterback. <laughs> you know, I I yeah, it's easy to point to Mitch as suspect number one for the way the game went yesterday, but there's blame all around, I would say. It's kind of an easy answer on my part, but the way both the offensive and defensive lines played uh, wasn't good, um, both for run defense and both for defending the quarterback on our on our side. You know, Kenny got hurt. Mitch was under duress. So I thought both of the offensive and defensive lines played pretty poorly. And um, going back to Tomlin, I uh, I get it. You know, he, he's not above criticism and – he definitely is having uh, a rough go this year at times. It's a formidable challenge that he's been faced with this year. His first time not having Ben Roethlisberger uh, for good. I mean, not just for injury, um, turnover at his staff level. But, you know, it's funny because and I, for a long time, this man, you couldn't criticize this man. I'm talking about Kevin Colbert. I love what Kevin Colbert was able to do um, for the most part. You know, um, I think he will be a Hall of Fame GM um, one day, but he chose to ignore the trenches, the offensive and defensive line in the draft and in free agency for a long time, at least drafting them highly. You know, uh, right now on the offensive line, the highest drafted starter is what a 
Is it Chooks going in the third round? Yeah, probably Chooks. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, obviously they didn't draft Cole or Daniels, so those are guys. And on the defensive in. line, you got yeah. you haven't had a guy picked in at least the second round or higher since Stefan Tuitt. Yeah. So. Well, let me, let me interject there real quick. Like, how much can you plan? Are you really going to pick somebody to replace to it? You thought he was going to be – dude was still young, retiring, like, just now. Well, not replacing yeah. him, nonetheless. I'm yeah, saying yeah. since him, they haven't picked the defensive Correct. line in the first or second round, yeah. you know? So I think I think Tomlin does deserve some blame, but Colbert's kind of safe because he's out of there right now. But I think it's worth mentioning that Colbert constructed this team. You know, Tomlin has a say in it. He's a coach. He's the one who's left with it now. But I think ignoring drafting offensive and defensive line highly consistently for a long time is coming back to bite them. I, I do love what James Daniels is putting on tape. I think he might make the Pro Bowl. But that's one guy. And um, every other spot on the line, if they really wanted to upgrade, they could. And then on the defensive line, it's Cam Hayward and a bunch of dudes. You know, I feel like some games – Warmly plays well. Some games he's invisible. Some games Ogunjobi's come through a little bit. Some games not. It's just there there isn't enough talent and enough good football being played in the trenches. So Mitch and then the offensive and defensive line would be my uh, answer to your question. To some degree, yeah. When it comes to, especially when you're talking about depth, you got a lot of guys that left. This reminds me of like a decade ago when – uh, Lamar Woodley couldn't stay healthy after a huge contract and TJ Watt can't stay healthy after a huge contract. Uh, Aaron Smith goes away because of health or whatever. So, you know, off field type stuff you couldn't plan for. Stefan Tuitt goes away for some off field, whatever you couldn't plan for offensive line. So you go and you draft guys like Mike Adams. that doesn't pan out. You draft guys like Dan Moore and Kevin Dotson. They don't pan out. Uh, there's a lot of similarities to where that was too. And I think there'll be some changes, obviously, with some of the coaches. I was actually looking up. I, I was I was going to try and be smart here, but Terrell Austin's actually in his fourth year with the Steelers and privy to knowledge that the Steelers usually sign coaches to three-year deals. I was thinking, I was like, hmm, you know what? When they brought Brian Flores in now and the way this has been going, I'm like, is Brian Flores here to be the guy next year, you know, getting his internship? Is Mike yeah. Sullivan? People are going to be pissed off if it's another internal hire. But Mike Sullivan, these guys aren't internal hires, other than the fact of like having an internship. Will they go and get somebody completely different, or will they kind of stay with kind of the system in place to try and not ruin Kenny Pickett? You know what I mean? So will they stay in house with somebody like Mike Sullivan? Because Matt Canada is in year three, and he's most certainly gone. But I didn't hear anybody blame Matt Canada about anything yesterday. And that's going to be an interesting point to bring up here in a second. But yeah, I think they, they could, they weren't planning to lose David DeCastro. They knew Pouncey was eventually going to retire at some point, but just Pouncey just suddenly doing it. I think they still, I think they still wanted, wanted or felt they had another year or so to replace some of this. And now when you lose high caliber guys like a Tuit, like a Pouncey, like a DeCastro, you can't replace them all in one season. So when people complain about the draft, that's like you don't hit on every draft pick. But you're also forced to play all of these guys. So when Kendrick Green is a big swing and a miss, and Dan Moore isn't up to the, up the snuff, that's not necessarily just because you draft poorly. You're not going to hit on every single pick. It's because you're forced to play these players instead of them being like a guy that 
fills in for a game or two and gets a few years of experience and might develop into a player. They're, they're, you can't develop anybody. Everybody's out there on the field. We were talking about this last year with Trey Norwood, a seventh-round pick playing a lot of snaps, and they didn't necessarily like that because then they went and got Demonte Casey. So I, I won't jump around like you're saying with the construction of the roster, this and that. There's only so much they could do. And last year, they had no salary cap, so they couldn't do anything. So this is really like the first year where – they're getting the picks and the guy, they had some money and they were able to get a guy like James Daniels and, um, you know, Miles Jack. So we'll see. I think they're still reeling from, you know, they were hoping Devin Bush could have replaced Ryan Shazier. There's just a lot of things with the way that their scheme and system is that they're close, but they're not all the way there. However, none of that has anything to do with this game. I think the more reason that people are mad about this game is because they see backup quarterback on the marquee. And immediately that means, oh, we're entitled to a win because we're playing against the backup. And then a backup of a backup comes in, an undrafted guy that was on the practice squad. But you tend to forget that your own backup quarterback ends up in this game as well. The Ravens, I'm going to say this, man, are not a good football team. As much as I want to pile on the defense in a can, not getting the ball back, not making some big stops, a big run. What, what was it? Uh, 215 rushing yards that they gave up to the Ravens. They still only gave up 16 points. That's 16 points, man. We got to go over to the main culprit here. And uh, actually, you know what? Before I do, you know, defense, they don't get a full pass on this, obviously. They could have created some turnovers. What in the actual... I'm going to censor myself. I was going to say it and just, just have it over there. I'm not quite to the tip of eruption here as far as my volcano with my temper yet, but I'm going to get there. I'm going to talk about Mitch. Um, <laughs> what is a simultaneous possession or whatever? Simultaneous fumble. I don't know. Somebody out there, some wise ass is going to be like, oh, well, I saw that before. No, you didn't. Shut up. <laughs> that is that. I've never seen anything like that or, or heard of anything preposterous like that. Uh, no, I just know if it's a draw, they give it to the offense. That's because yeah. uh, the Golden Tate. Yeah. Seattle fail Mary. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, that's simultaneous. The guy had it like more than he did, but they gave it to Tate because the offense guy just gets it. That's what I thought it was, but I don't know if it's the same thing because that was a fumble. It wasn't like it was a uh, a catch or a touchdown or anything, so I don't know if it was the same or different, but that's what my mind went to when they called it like that. Yeah, well, you had another one later in the game, and it didn't hurt as much because the Steelers score right after, right? Deontay Johnson gets mugged in the end zone and they call a pass interference both ways. This is like the kiss your sister. We're going to make sure it's just like everything's even balanced. Like the referee yeah, I don't even get the point and like explaining the flags at that point, just pick them up. If the offensive guy pushes off and the defensive guy grabs, just pick the flags up. Wasn't, wasn't there something where they, there was a flag and there was no penalty on the field. Cause his flag fell out of his pocket. Was that the yeah, same that's game? What the guy on TV said earlier just fell out of his pocket. <laughs> like what, what is going on with this referee crew? I will. Well, the I, department needs to not mess that up. It fell out of his pocket. They didn't see that. Why would they put the blue flag on the ticker if well, they knew it fell out of his pocket? That's on the graphics department. Yes, yes. The graphics guy just sees the hanky on the field and then just puts up the little thing, uh, the little thing in the corner. Um, but it's uh, what was I going to say? I, I, I felt like, and I didn't get to rewatch any of this on TV, so I'm going to see if you're you're following me here. It, it felt like the third interception Mitch threw. Deontay Johnson was hooked and that's coming down like right in front of where I'm sitting. And it was almost like one of those arm bar things. And that's why he didn't get to the ball. It seemed like it was a poorly thrown ball, which it still could have been, but 
I don't know. I, I just saw some contact there and I'm just like, this this ref crew is just so soft. And they were supposed to be a crew that like averages like 10 to 15 penalties a game on each side. Like they're 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 in the 25 to 30 range of throwing flags. Uh, we thought we were gonna have like a, a flag fiesta, and instead they swallowed their whistle on a whole lot of stuff during this game. But I it's not the only thing. I know that's gonna sound like some, you know, crying over spilled milk type things. Obviously. There, this league has a problem with roughing the passer calls and consistency, especially with what happened to Kenny getting his helmet basically ripped off, which is infuriating. Uh, the concussion I protocol. I called that live time. I was like, that's a uh, face mask. I saw it live time. And then on Twitter, like an hour later, people were like, oh, yeah, definitely Roquan Smith grabbed him by the face mask and threw him down on his head, which, again, we sound like a bunch of babies right now, but we lost. So what do you want us to do? Well, it, these are all contributing factors. There isn't one that just stands out as, aha. That is absolutely the up to what we've talked about so far. That absolutely changes the game. Maybe you got the missed field goal, but then after that, do the Ravens still just they were up two scores, so they they, they might have played things a little differently. That's one missed field goal to three interceptions, two in the red zone. Yeah, simple math, right? And the missed one field, field goal, three interceptions. You can't. Three is more than one. One is less than three. <laughs> one field goal equals three points. Two trips to the red zone resulting in turnovers. The minimum would have been six points, right? Two field goals. Yes. The maximum could have been 14 points. That was left on the table. So there I really don't go. want to hear about Boswell getting blocked because that didn't change the course of the game. We turned the ball over, not we, twice in the red zone. And the third interception that you mentioned, the deep shot to Deontay, we were on what, like the 50? So we were about to be in position to try and score again. Three failed opportunities, three huge failed opportunities. The one interception, I'm hearing like, oh, there's receivers in the same area. Okay, I won't freak out about the first one. You know, I was actually pretty quiet on Twitter for the most part for Mitch's first couple of plays. The first thing I said about Mitch was a good thing. It was after the first drive he came in. I said, great job, good, good backup quarterback. Those are my exact words on Twitter. And then it was all downhill from there. Uh, you know, the you know first I interception, we can argue about that, not you and I, but if you think receivers were in the same area, every every guy makes a mistake, every guy gets a pass. The next interception was terrible in the same area of the field, going over the middle to Fryermuth, who was open if he led him. If he led him, he might have been able to complete the ball, but instead he underthrew him and the screen grab from TV looked like there were three Ravens just standing there. And the third there one, <laughs> yeah, and the third one, no, I didn't have um, any thought at all that the Raven grabbed Deontay because it was so wildly overthrown. Mitch almost put it in the first row of the stands, you know, yeah. laid, it, laid it in perfectly for the safety. So, no, I don't think I didn't think for a second that Deontay got grabbed. That's why it got slowed up, in my opinion. Yeah, that's why he got slowed up. There was contact downfield. It's either illegal contact or defensive pass interference. But, uh, you know, like I said, these guys, there there was just a what, – what was the deal with these uh, offside or neutral zone infractions where you don't get the free plays? Like, it was just – there was just a cluster of errors with this officiating team. Yeah, that team. was weird. And that was just one part of it. I'm still going to get to the interceptions uh, myself, but let me jump over to the other half of this special teams debacle that is, uh, what, Presley Harvin's 17-yard punt? And what was the other one? There was another one that was under like 30 yards. Uh, I'll, I'll bring it up. I'll get it because it, it was He's just too inconsistent, man. You can't have a job like that as a specialist in no. the NFL. Think if he was the kicker doing this, you know, missing every other kick, if not more. It's just it, it's a sad story because he was a draft pick, you know, great college punter and all that. But he just is too inconsistent to continue to have the Steelers punting job at this point. 
Yeah, and and it wasn't only that, but there was one where he goes to he could pin the Ravens, and then that's where he boots it like sixty yards, and it goes for a touchback. You can't have this. It's ridiculous. It, I don't know what you do at this point. Go back and get Jordan Barry for four games. Like that's yeah, just as it's just as critical to this. It's just as critical to the defense. Like uh, it's in fact not having a good punter is is terrible is terrible for the defense um, for sure dude i forget what game i was watching college wise it might have been tcu two weeks ago but their punter kept routinely putting it inside the 10 and it, it was like every time he did that uh tcu got the ball back on offense almost right away it, it's an absolute weapon and it changes the flow of the game a hundred thousand percent if you can get a team down close to their own end zone to start a drive obviously it makes everything a lot harder yeah and this was um the Steelers' second drive, where Pickett comes back in, and it was um, Dan Moore once again, offensive holding. You could almost guarantee it's going to be sixty-five or sixty-nine almost every single time. If I'm watching film and I'm the imposing defensive coordinator, I'm just going to overload that side. You don't even have to overload it. Dotson had such a blown, such a bl on that one sack. He such a blown assignment. It was terrible. There was no hat on a hat. He, you know, he goes left. The other dude's going to his right, right into the gap. It's like, come on, man. Like, can you not see what's right in front of you? It wasn't like they sent like another, like a linebacker or a DB or somebody coming in behind that. And they, and they just, they just came free around. No, like, he let them through something. like airport security. To yeah, no, it's easier than airport security. <laughs> That's just, uh, it's so bad. So that, that was the, the that was the whole thing there where, um, Pickett had come back in. He went into the tent. Then he came back out, which it was like, oh, okay. This, whew, thank you, thank you, football gods. You know. And then Harvin shanks a 17-yard punt, and then um, the the Ravens uh, end up scoring a touchdown off of this. Two plays, 48 yards, and they go up 10 nothing, and it's still the first quarter. And you're like, now a quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, and it's just like. And there's boo birds on the very first play as a pass. It's not even a run for Matt Canada or Zach Gentry. He had a ball right at him. It's a catchable ball, a little bit behind him, maybe, but still, we're talking about professional football players here. You got to be able to make these plays. You got to be I able to. I said Mitch did well on the first drive, so I'm with you. That ball should have been caught uh, by Gentry. You could tell by Gentry's reaction. He had hands on the helmet, screaming. That's a tall tale sign that the guy thinks he should have caught it. So yeah, nothing. Yeah. Nothing bad for me on uh, his first drive. Well, I said it was peak Mitch. That's what I said. So as you're tweeting whatever compliment, I'm looking at my cousin. I said, this is peak Mitch right here. What he just did, when he nails that pass. The, the Pickens has to come back for it, by the way. So in one case, you're thinking maybe oh, yeah. overthrows it oh, later yeah, in the did. game. Underthrows it. It's kind of a duck. But anything you throw at Pickens, he just makes it look makes it look uh, commonplace. You know what I mean? We're so spoiled. Again, spoiled over the years. We were talking off the air just about Antonio Brown and Antonio Brown, even with the punt returns. And we're so spoiled by good play, great players. And maybe the Steelers don't have a whole lot of those right now. Maybe they're just a few away from having that. Because even during that period of time, they had Lev Bell. They're still an 8-8 team. They still had Antonio Brown. They're about to lose Mike Wallace. Oh, my God, what are you going to do? Mike Wallace is going to be gone. And you haven't fixed the offensive line. And then they have, like, a nice tear where they're, like, AFC North champions and, like, competing for the first seed in the AFC for, like, the three or four seasons, you know? And that's about the window in the NFL, three or four seasons. It recycles. It's set up for parity. Uh, so this year, this is where I'm going to go out with, with Mitch here because I can continue down this game. And what you saw yesterday 
is if the Steelers did not address the quarterback position. This might have been you or something else that was retweeted by you that I saw among all of the thousands of tweets, most of them like hate mail. It's like uh, Jimmy Fallon reading the, you know, those uh, mean letters or whatever. And mean tweets. Mean tweets. That's what it was. I'm sorry. Uh, they're all mean tweets for sure. <laughs> when I'm talking, like, you're looking around, but um, it, it was, uh, you know, if you didn't take a quarterback, um, would have offensive lineman pick had the Steelers at a better record right now? Hell no, it wouldn't. You just got a glimpse of this. I got sick of hearing how Mitch, there's still Mitch defenders out there. I know you saw my tweet. It was one of the former Steelers beat writers, Trubisky train. And I'm like, man, left the effing station in week four. Like I already knew that. It's one of the weirdest last stands I've ever seen from like a small portion of the fan base, man. You know that if Kenny would have thrown three interceptions yesterday and a 16, 14 defeat, two of which in the red zone, he'd be getting crucified. Yeah. I mean, I guess Absolutely. we're we're trying to do that to Mitch, but there's still this group of people that are like, no, like he he had a good game. He was he was pushing it down the field. Someone said he was driving it up and down the field on Twitter. I said, is it driving it up and down the field when you don't end in points when you turn it over? That's like driving off the street into a ditch. Yeah. I don't want <laughs> my offense to, to do that. He's yeah. not driving anywhere when he doesn't score points. You don't get to so, your destination. Uh, yeah, he's not getting it. Not getting the point B. If you got, if you can't get from point A to point B, that's not a drive. No, no, no. It's simple math. We've got a lot of maths going on. I think I tweeted that during his first interception, and it's just like, oh. Uh. But for the entire crowd that was out there, for everything that we heard, you know, I've not been a defender of Mitch. He's probably the guy I've been most negative about for the longest, for, ever in the history of this show. More negative. I'm very positive about a lot of people. I gave him praise where where was necessary. Tampa he brings game. it out in me because of his little defenders and his cronies. Yeah. I don't like hate Mitch the person and like Correct. that's such a tired thing to say in sports journalism and podcasts. I'm like, oh, he's a great person. He just can't play quarterback. And like, but that is Mitch, man. Like he's super cool. Like the locker room likes him. I'm sure he's fun at parties, but he's not a good NFL quarterback. We've seen enough to know that. And I you go ahead. <laughs> well, there was somebody on the post game that called Tomlin a good neighbor and said, I'm sure he's a nice guy to have next door, but he's not a good NFL coach. And I'm like, what are you smoking? Like, yeah. you, you know, he's, he's doing what he can with what he's got. And, and Stan even said this, at what point do you lay this on the players? Three turnovers. I, all I heard the entire time was when they finally put Kenny in, oh, they were holding Mitch back. No, I told everyone who listens to this two percenters or otherwise all summer, go back. Well, I don't delete anything off of YouTube. I told you this is who Mitch Trubisky is. Now, imagine if the Steelers did not draft a quarterback in the first round and had no other options out there. Just imagine that. You're talking about next year, are they going to be able to find the quarterback of their future? They might not even have this many wins, which might please some of you out there. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to find out what makes you happy other than winning every single game flawlessly, which don't ever happen. You have to have some sort of expectations or I don't want to say lower your expectations, Standards the standard, right? But come on, Mitch Trubisky I mean, is not the standard. The, stands, dude, the ones you talk about, like those are the ones who bring it out in me. The ones who have turned me into this hateful person talking about Mitch Trubisky because they're the ones who were like, they just can't let go of the fact the Steelers drafted Kenny Pickett in the first round. They can't let go of the fact that he's from Pitt and like it, it's this cool story. And they they just think it isn't going to equal wins they they just aren't ever going to get on board with kenny pickett and it's those people that make me so angry whenever mitch gets his chance like this and then falls flat on his face 
I wouldn't be sitting here like happy about it. But like, it's these people that like want to keep pushing. Oh, they shouldn't have drafted a quarterback. Look, look, look at that. Like Mitch had just, he did just fine right there for one drive. And then what happened? You know what I mean? So it's these people that want to keep forcing this square peg in this round hole being like, Oh, they didn't have to draft Kenny. Kenny was a wasted pick. Just look how, look how non-different the offense is with Mitch Trubisky in. It was a hell of a lot different, man, in a bad way. Every, all these Kenny haters were church mouse quiet the past three, four weeks as he was getting better, rattling off wins, converting third downs at a high rate, leading scoring drives. Didn't hear a peep. Tomorrow, or not tomorrow, wow, yesterday, (laughs) yesterday, he attempts one pass, attempts one pass, has two rushes himself. That really means he only had three plays where the ball was in his hands that he decided to do something with. And that, that isn't enough to evaluate, man. The game, in my opinion, yesterday for Kenny Pickett is null and void. You can't seriously oh, yeah. critique a performance where he threw one pass, ran for 16 yards on two tries, eight-yard average, thank you very much. You can't seriously critique that. It, it's And that is my um, biggest t- takeaway of this game is, yeah, it sucks to lose, but – this, this game meant nothing for Kenny Pickett's career, aside from the fact that the concussions are alarming, and that really sucks that he has two already in his rookie year. So I don't know the plan uh, going forward for this week, if they're going to shut him down for safety purposes, regardless if he passes the test or not. But um, the two concussions is definitely alarming, and I, uh, I hope we can get that right. Ideally, yeah. maybe adding to the offensive line will help with that. I actually think the reason he was pulled it's concussion protocol, more or less safety uh, concerns as opposed to actual, um, maybe an actual concussion. But like you were saying, uh, you know, Tua screwed this all up. Let's not mm-hmm. let's not get it twisted. Tua definitely just uh, he 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 he's the whole reason. The way that was all botched, that you're probably might not see Kenny or didn't see Kenny again yesterday. I mean, they put him back out there and if he had exhibited any signs, a little bit wobbly feet, pull him right back out. They identified I think something. Right. I think there was a call from New York that was like, he doesn't look right after he went back in there and they took him back out. Yeah. Like- some type of, I don't know if they have some type of observers or spotters on the sideline. Yeah. yeah um, officiating crew, officiating yeah. crew. Let's not, officiating crew still has to carry insurance. Like if a player gets hurt, if I'm refereeing, especially like what I'm sure like the NFL has got some great insurance and great coverage for these guys and whatnot. But if they spot that that's on their ass too. So they're not just going to let a guy stay in and play uh, yeah. unless they're absolved by some other rule or something that I don't know of. I know they have the power to stop and have this player removed from the game. I've seen it with my own eyes multiple times and I understand how all that's worked in the last 10 years, 12 years, really concussions and in sports have been in the limelight and safety is paramount and it's number one. So they're just not going to let this guy play whatsoever. If he shows any kind of like, uh, what do you want to say? Baby draft legs or anything like that. Speaking of Mitch has plenty of that as well. Throwing off his back heel, throwing sidearm, slinging it like Bernie Kosar. Like I, I, I get so annoyed. I, I don't want to, I don't want to leave off of that just yet. The interceptions, that first one, um, yeah, two guys, I believe maybe Najee or whoever was in it running back and Firemuth, and they were crossing uh, in the same area of the field. I have no idea who he was actually throwing it to because you could have one defender play both of those guys. 
that's easy pickings there in the NFL, especially, you know, when you got guys like Rokon Smith or Patrick Queen or whatever like that. Rokon Smith's a dude. Let's not uh let's not get that twisted, even though we don't like what he did to pick it. Uh the second one, just a horrible ball, triple coverage. Third one, per- perhaps overthrown, perhaps a uh missed uh defensive pass interference uh, as i was alluding to and throughout this game as well i i just i was kind of dismayed that even with his poorly that um mitch trubisky had been playing and turning the ball over the steelers their running backs just weren't very involved in this game Najee harris a 2.8 yards per carry average 12 carries for 33 yards i mean baltimore is good against the run but they just kind of i mean could you not just run? And Kenny carried it just a little bit on his own. Looked like maybe some busted plays at some points. Uh, Jalen Warren, three carries. Benny Snell, two carries. It's not enough to get anybody going. You got one jet sweep out of this. Uh, I, I didn't really... <laughs> I know everybody pokes fun at it. I didn't have a problem with where they called it, when they called it. For the Trubisky lovers, hey, he completed 73.3% of his passes. Woohoo! 276 yards, a 9.2 attempt. That's probably his best of the whole year. He only took one sack. Um, he had a 73.1 rating. Yeah, he threw uh he had a touchdown. Um he, he I think they drew they drew some penalties here or there. He had one nice connection down the field to George Pickens. Could you, but could you imagine this being what you get to watch for the rest of the season? I believe based on the way this has gone so far. And I said that train, that the effing train left in week four. And I'm very adamant about this. And if Mike Tomlin had Mason Rudolph active, if he had a helmet and could come in yesterday's game, I think Mason Rudolph's in that game. I and, agree with you. And if Kenny shut down, I don't even think I'm going to say as far as if Kenny isn't shut down. Team captain, veteran or not, and and there's a there's an asterisk to this because the Steelers did bring in Mitch Trubisky, they did draft Kenny Pickett. So what's that make you? What's that? How do they feel about Mason Rudolph? Well, they also drafted a seventh round guy that could be could have been carrying a clipboard. He didn't make the team. They never traded Rudolph. Maybe they didn't get what they wanted or liked and just wanted to retain his rights. Maybe they still have some thought that he's not a complete ass and he could get the job done. And if that's the latter, he could end up taking starter snaps this week. If Kenny's in protocol and can't practice, I don't know how serious it is. The last time Kenny, it wasn't that serious. He, he was able to practice and just had to be cleared for game day, right? I'm moving Mason Rudolph up to the backup spot because you know what? I can't trust Mitch Trubisky any longer in those situations. This was a must-win game for the Steelers. They have eight losses now, and more than likely, probably 99% chance they will not make the postseason. AFC North game. AFC conference game, stick a fork in it. And there's going to be people that celebrate that. And I'm not, I'm not out here to celebrate it, but I'm also here smart enough to know that you can't, uh, if you're, if you had any hope to win out and maybe still get to nine wins, you can't trust Mitch being your backup quarterback any longer. He was held back supposedly by all the Mitch truthers held back. He went out there. I saw Mark Caballi say, you can't fault him for being aggressive. I sure as hell can. That's why he played safe all this damn time because the dude's a turnover machine. He can't throw it down the field. He can't read the field. He can't make the reads. There were times where he had what felt like an hour that's standing behind the line and just couldn't find anybody because he's not decisive with the ball. And giving him credit for being aggressive yesterday. No duh, man. He has nothing to lose. Yeah. Trubisky has nothing to lose. Of course, he's going to chuck it down the field and take his chances. He's 
playing on his last chance, really. Like, he might still be a backup somewhere next year, somewhere different, I imagine, but he was playing with nothing to lose. And the people that want to say, well, at least he's taking those shots. Dude, Kenny played, what did I just say, three plays that he had the ball in his hands. Did you want him to throw the deep every single play? I, I expect Mitch to move the offense better and throw it downfield more when he got three and a half quarters of play than Kenny got, like, two series. People are really analyzing this, like, oh, man, look how much – Look how much more the offense did after Kenny got hurt. No, no shit. Kenny got hurt after like four plays, man. And uh, I'm with you on Mason. I think at this point, Mason will give you the same positives Mitch does from an aspect of being aggressive and taking shots downfield because he also has nothing to lose at this point. And Mason showed in the preseason that he was comfortable taking the deep shots. So if that's the allure of Mitch and that's what everybody like wants to take away as the lone positive of his performance yesterday, Mason can do that too. He's not as mobile as Mitch, but Mitch didn't really do anything with his legs yesterday at all. So why, I'm not going to cling to that as a positive thing. That's what you I was going to say. There was so, no, no designed play for the quarterback to run there. Like maybe you might draw up one or two for Kenny, even though Mitch is an athletic guy. Uh, something something just didn't compute right there. I don't know what kind of checks he has for the run to the pass. Uh, you know, his security blankets are definitely tight ends all the time, and he had trouble finding them. Running backs, you see where the ball was going, aside from the one to Pickens, and that was probably a play that was designed 100%. George is hot. He's the one you got to go to there. Otherwise, it was like he was scanning the field and couldn't find anything. I, I said this in the last show. Like, I was saying, like, um, with me and you, I think, I was talking about Rudolph and how his numbers were very similar in 2019 to what Kenny had put up. The difference is the decisiveness. You didn't necessarily always see the growth. A lot of that was stunted in the same reasons. Let me tell you this. This was an observation I made too. 2019, Mason Rudolph gets knocked out of the game by the Baltimore Ravens, and Kenny Pickett gets knocked out of the game at home this season against the Baltimore Ravens. Do you think there's a pattern here where they want to knock your quarterback out of the game so they can they could try and win a division or whatever with their backup? Absolutely. Uh, I think that there's a little bit of malintent there as well. Uh, Earl Thomas is an idiot, but that was a bad helmet hit when everybody wanted to make fun of Rudolph and the face mask comes off and everything like that. And you get to play against Duck. And somebody had asked me what I thought about Tyler Huntley. I said, maybe a little bit more athletic Duck Hodges. That's all the more he really is. And then he gets knocked out too. And of course, people are going to say, well, Minka was dirty, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, perhaps you could throw that in the same category. This is... Talking with, um, yeah, talking with Daniel Wilcox. This this wasn't you know on the pro, on the pregame show. Former Baltimore Raven. This isn't like out of the ordinary for this game. This is a war. These two teams are gonna like take it to each other, and you got to see who's still licking their wounds after this, and what you're gonna do in the next game, which is kind of scary. Seeing the Panthers kind of getting their stuff together here late, but um, yeah, there's just a whole lot that went on in this game, and I know defense, but I'm saying 16 points by Baltimore, that should be enough to win this game. If Mitch doesn't throw that, uh, throw those interceptions, you got some Chris Boswell's back. You've got Chris Boswell who can kick like 55, 56-yard field goals, and, and, those, and those picks were down in the open end too, so you don't even have to take the weather or any of the wind or anything into account there, and maybe... What did they have? Four Justin Tucker field goals? Maybe three or four Chris Boswell field goals is enough to win this game. And it just doesn't happen. And ultimately, whether you like it or not, that's because of Mitch Trubisky. And if you were going to go the route of should have uh, should have drafted like Linderbaum or somebody like that, I can't remember if he was still on the board. I think he was when Pickett was taken. Uh, I think the Ravens got him right after that. Uh, or, or like a Creed Humphrey. or That offensive lineman isn't going to do you any more good because Mitch Trubisky, it all starts with the quarterback. 
And if this is the way it was going to be the whole season, this team was never going to make the postseason. Luckily, they got their head out of their ass. They finally put Kenny Pickett out there and started to develop the young quarterback and see what you got. Um, I'm, I'm to that degree, too, that Mitch isn't going to do a damn thing for you. I see why he was still there. You had that happen with the Tampa Bay game. Do you take one game as a, a, a and, and one good game and one bad game and just say, ah, we'll keep him as the backup? No, because you, you had him out there for all of training camp. All of the off-season workouts, all of the preseason, he was your number one guy. He got all of this time. He got all the starter reps. He started three games, four games uh, before he was pulled in that Jets game. And he's a guy that's a veteran. He has like 50-some, 55, 60 starts in the NFL. You should be able to come off that bench and give you something. As much as I've said Charlie Batch's numbers were never all amazing as a backup quarterback, um, and he would turn the ball over too, and he'd make you cringe at different times. And you could rely on the defense to maybe bail you out here or there. But Charlie still, uh, when Charlie came in there, there was a, there was like this sense that okay, you know, this isn't Ben, but you could still win this game. I do not have that feeling with Mitch Trubisky. And I gotta say, if anybody on this coaching staff still has a conf has that type of confidence in Mitch, then they're completely lost. You've already jumped the shark and said that he'll be playing somewhere else next year. They were saying this on the post game too. They said this might have been his audition, and his agent isn't getting the, the phone's not ringing. It wasn't ringing last night. It's not ringing this morning. The reason he's gonna be gone, he because they could save eight million dollars. They could pay somebody else eight million dollars. That, that that's a good player somewhere else on the field that can help Kenny Pickett or can help the defense or bring somebody back that you want to re-sign. You're not going to pay that for a backup quarterback that can't win you games. Yeah, I think Kanye West is going to have more work than Mitch next year <laughs> at, th at this rate, dude. And uh, the, I love the people that it happens every loss, man. Every loss, there's people talking about how we should have drafted uh, a lineman over Kenny Pickett or a lineman over Najee or a lineman over Fryermuth. It's usually those three. And I know I went on my little rendition, my rant about Colbert earlier. I wasn't talking about exclusively these past two seasons, you know, because there's a long period of time where we weren't taking linemen in the early rounds. So I'm not really focused on Kenny Pickett, Najee, and Fryermuth. I still am fans of those three picks. I think that Kenny is obviously a quarterback. And they got him at pick 20. So they didn't reach for him. He was there for him. They took their potential quarterback of the future, who looks to be their franchise quarterback as long as he stops getting concussions, at 20. They went from one franchise quarterback to another seamlessly. And, that, that and is, I'm sorry, I got to interrupt you. You say, you, you know, you're saying that 20, it's very important to say they didn't have to trade up and they didn't have to trade and give anything. This is just their wholesome version, virgin draft pick not like the rams eagles or anybody else or 49ers for trey lance the carson wentz blah 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 sorry man i had to put that in there because it infuriates me even more because just no, think if true. you gave all of that up think if you gave all of that up to try and get a quarterback maybe that's what they would have had to do if they didn't take kenny this year oh i don't even want to imagine what it would be like right now i i again i'm happy with how kenny's done this year but if we would have traded up to like five to grab kenny pickett and this season was happening, it would be hell on earth on all social media platforms. The fact that we didn't have to move, I think, is keeping some people contained. But I it's I think that's a stupid, irrelevant point to bring up every time the Steelers lose a game. They're like, oh, they should have drafted Linderbaum. They should have drafted Creed Humphrey. A butterfly effect, man. Like, stuff is different. Who's to say they'd be the same player here doing the same thing in the same schemes, number one. Number two, which I already said, it's really hard to get a franchise quarterback 
very hard. So the fact that they may have got him at 20, I'm still fine with that pick. Friermuth may end up being an elite tight end, but he's showing signs of it. And if you have an elite tight end, it's a really, really nice chess piece to have and a luxury that a lot of teams don't have. Pull up a fantasy football like uh, synopsis of this year, and that's all you'll need to see. The tight end position is not good, my friend. Oh, he could be top, Kelsey, he's probably top five. He's, anyway. I think he's five right now. Yeah, yeah, five or six. And then Najee everybody's so what have you done for me lately NFL fans in particular have like the shortest memories and attention spans. Najee was just coming off his best game, best game of the season. Look good. Look like the Najee of old. And then this game comes around. And like you already mentioned, the Steelers, for whatever reason, even though it was a close game the whole time, decided to let Mitch try and win us the game rather than run the ball. Now I know the Ravens have a, a formidable defense, but it seemed like the passing game was struggling plenty against mm-hmm. them so why not try the run game when you're down one possession the whole game yeah and the ravens were holding the cards too because they had the lead they had double digit leads throughout and that's the reason why like with a backup quarterback or backup of backups that they could do they're able to do what they're able to do they had about five uh let me see 32 59 to 27 01 so about uh, six minutes extra time of possession when this was all said and done and a lot of that is because the Steelers turned the ball over uh Steelers had 23 first downs still you know what I mean they were doing they were doing all right they actually had more net yards 329 the 309 but ultimately they didn't put points on the scoreboard and those three turnovers and the fourth if you count the blocked uh missed field goal you can't recover from that when you're not turning, you're not forcing the turnovers the other way. You didn't get that fumble to bounce your way. You just, uh, the punt game, the short fields, there's, there's a lot there. Uh, but Mitch, yeah, you're right. You can't, you couldn't rely on just Mitch to carry this the whole way. I think it would have been unfair if they would have had to rely on Kenny to be the whole way, but I still don't know if they dig themselves that big of a hole. If, uh, if Kenny plays that whole game, I, I still, maybe those aren't turnovers. Maybe you're just settling for field goals, but you're still putting some points on the board. And we're talking about like a, uh, uh, Do I don't know, 20 to, to believe or... that though, Joe, you, you have oh, yeah, reason to, to believe that Kenny hasn't thrown an interception since Halloween. Yeah. Well, so, the team hadn't turned the ball over period. Like that yeah. had been the big thing. And that's the big defining factor in this. And all of a sudden it's uh Mike Tomlin. it's even going to, like you're saying a little bit of this leaking in and the people are saying, well, Kelvin Colbert or whatever, Kevin Colbert still drafted TJ Watt, still Cam Sutton. He's a dude. They hey, made hey, the trade. I, I like Kevin Colbert. I know, you asked I know. me the question <laughs> about who to blame, and no, we're no, trying no. to get it off of Tomlin a bit. I said, well, Colbert, you know. I I'm like sorry. Colbert. I know you brought him up. I said you brought him up, but you brought him up because of all the other Yinzers that are out there that are that are um, lighting up the boards for us. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's them, yeah. not me. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool. Make that distinction, dude. I love you. You know, uh, no, it's not a rant at you whatsoever. It's just, you know, people forget about that. They forget about the good picks versus the bad picks. And like you mentioned, Minka. not, not, yeah, trading for Minka and Najee and getting uh, Alex Highsmith. And, and, and people still believe like stuff like Terrell Edmonds is like a bust or whatever. And they're like, get out of town. You forget about Cam Hayward. Yeah, he's getting up there in age. But when you've got guys that are like in a, in your top five, six players that are being paid, like those offensive linemen and defensive linemen, you're probably not looking to draft their replacements, at least not early, unless you've got some inkling of knowing that they're on the way out. And you don't have the luxury of doing that when you have to fill other needs. They have to fill safety. They have to fill inside linebacker. You know what I mean? So it all like it, it's all a trickle-down effect. You're not going to have all-stars at every single position. Uh, giving up all of these rushing yards, it, that doesn't even bother me as much either. Some of the big plays or the inability, like the chunk plays, uh, especially at the end, like third and four, and it's like, come on, man. You couldn't... You, 
got to get a stop there and you can't get a stop. Those, those are disheartening, disheartening plays. Those are backbreakers, but still, what did the Ravens do? It's the same thing as like the Falcons. It's all they do is run the ball. Uh, you know what I mean? And that, that's what they're going to do. That's the way they're built. So you still only gave up 16 points to them. The offense got to come through at some point and try and, and try and help there too. special teams to, to a degree as well, uh, helps and aids that defense too. So. Uh, that sounds like some little Mitch apologist type stuff. Some of it is, but I'm just glad that when this push comes to shove, we get so fired up because we have the expectations. Steelers have, you know, six Super Bowls over the lifetime of whatever. And there's people that still believe that Cow that uh, Tomlin inherited Cowers players or Cowers team. They tend to forget that Lawrence Timmons and Lamar Woodley and guys like that were not Cower players. And even to a lesser extent, Santonio Holmes wasn't on that Cower Super Bowl team. You got guys like that. James Harrison wasn't playing and uh, much of any time with Cower. He had been cut four times. He actually played with the Ravens for a little bit. He played in Europe. And this is a guy that wanted to go. Yeah. And Mike, Mike Tomlin takes this guy and makes him like a defensive MVP, man. And he has his five. He has his best years with Mike Tomlin as a coach, but yeah, that's all Bill Cower to Bill Cower's credit. I'm like, get out of town with this. You forget that Cower lost many playoff games after winning divisions and having 12, 13 win seasons and stuff. This is, that's this is football. Like, you know, I don't hate Bill Cower and I don't hate Mike Tomlin and neither should any of you. You know what I mean? You shouldn't hate Kevin Colbert. You should enjoy the fact that you're not some wallowing franchise like the New York Jets. Just think of the New York Jets. Now they're finally having a taste of success and you got to bench the guy that you gave that you gave up one of your top picks for. You've had two top picks, Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson, and you're going to Magic Mike White. You're relying on Joe Flacco. Like, do you want to be that team? I don't want to be that team. I'm happy with where they are. They're not just relying on Mitch Trubisky. They got their guy. They didn't have to give up. Imagine them giving up the draft picks. Once again, you give up the draft picks for Kenny Pickett to move up. You're like, oh, no, we got to get up to five or something because Carolina is going to take Kenny Pickett. We we know in our heart that and then we got to have this guy. This is the franchise. You know what I mean? And then he doesn't come out and light it up like Joe Burrow just immediately. And even Joe Burrow didn't light it up just immediately. Rookie quarterback struggle. But you get my point. Like if he's not throwing three, four touchdowns out there, all of a sudden he's garbage. And now you don't have a second and third round pick on top of it. And just think of what else you could have had. And you could have it's always could have would have should have. I'm much rather happy to be in this position where the quarterback's learning because I'm looking, I have the foresight to look ahead and I was, I was ready to take an L for this season. Just the, the only L I don't want to take Zach. I don't want to be in the basement. I want Cleveland to be in the basement. It might come down to that last game, uh, right after new year's. So we'll see. I'd much rather that team that did the thing that I said not to do 225, whatever million guaranteed smack to Deshaun Watson, who can't throw a touchdown pass, can't throw a ball to save his life right now. Um, and all the draft picks, they have nothing to replace some of these players. They're not even going to have money to replace some of these players down the line. Yeah. And the Steelers, they, they still have all of their draft. We're talking ahead of they might have three in the top 50 draft selections next season. There's things to look forward to. It's just not going to be a Super Bowl this year. I'm sorry, but can you take an L this season to look ahead and maybe have a W in the next maybe three or four? I certainly can. I'm encouraged by it. It just sucks because the door slammed shut on this on this season with this game that was winnable yesterday because of the three interceptions. It makes me vomit. It's the reason I said, uh, even though it's still a gamble drafting a quarterback, you just don't find one in free agency either. Uh, it's not Trubisky. It's not Mariota. It's not Jameis Winston. It's not Ryan Tannehill. These dudes aren't leading you to titles. It just doesn't happen. There's only been like one or two. Peyton Manning, 
risky signing off a neck injury and Drew Brees. So the only guys I could think of like that, even Jimmy G isn't a Tom guy. Brady. Yeah, yeah. Well, the exceptions to be made I there. I didn't want the comments to get you for that one. Yeah. Kirk yeah. Cousins is probably the most realistic, best-case scenario you could get outside of winning a Super Bowl as far as acquiring, acquiring a quarterback in free agency. And, I mean, he cost a billion dollars. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I was – if I'd be comfortable – I mean, Cousins is solid, but for how much he makes, I don't know if like I'd be like thrilled if he was my quarterback. And um, yeah, man, that week, uh, that week seventeen matchup, Steelers Browns, that is shades of uh, 2006 when uh, Santonio was a rookie and the Bengals were playing for something, and uh, he took that slant pass to the house from Ben in overtime, walk off, ruined the Bengals season, finish <laughs> eight and eight, and that was Cowers last year. Yeah, yeah. Was it eight and eight or was it, or did they still win nine games or so? I'm trying to remember where they were at. I just know they weren't a playoff team and it was like a Super Bowl hangover thing. I want to say eight and eight because I remember, I think I heard the title defense of that uh, Super Bowl 40. I think I heard they went eight and eight, maybe during like one of those America's game things. Yeah. Nice pen there, by the way. Thanks. You got the, you got the whole, uh, pencil thing going there like the whole jar I, I got mine here too man i was i was kidding with you earlier because i saw most of your desk and it was like hey it's like the david letterman thing and he's always like flicking the pencils and pens and there yeah, was that's my teeth too yeah there was a there was an awesome episode of beavis and butthead that did a parody of that where beavis and butthead were david letterman and uh paul schaefer back in the day and like of course beavis or butthead throws like a pencil they flick the pencil and it ends up in one of their eyes and like ah <laughs> like it's like something like that i hope but, it was a jimmy fallon thing because i know he would do it on snl during a weekend update oh you know what probably probably a homage um also norm mcdonald on snl had done a couple of david letterman uh parodies so oh, they, yeah. Are so good dude. yeah and he actually showed up on letterman's show the one time and it was just like there was like that awkward silence at the beginning because everybody's like, "Uh oh, is Dave taking the joke pretty good, pretty well here, or whatever?" And Norm McDonald was a guy I absolutely loved. So, a little oh, bit. Yeah, he's awesome, man. I caught a pretty cool. It was on like my suggested for you Netflix one time. I was on a plane ride down to Florida, and it was just on my suggested for you. And it was some like sit down with Adam Sandler, um, David Spade. And a few other of like his good friends in the industry, and they just like talked about Norm Macdonald and shared stories about him for like an hour and a half, and it was actually pretty entertaining, pretty cool to see like how uh, well he was viewed and how impactful he was to comedy. Yeah, well, Steelers got to get better against the run. They were bad in, in the trenches. Um, yeah, that was funny yesterday. Speaking of comedy, that was one of my final thoughts of the game. I said, I don't even care, dude. This shit was comical, like, from start to finish. But I was over one of my good friends' house with my other buddy, and they were getting, like, it sucked for them seeing Mitch throw the interceptions, and it sucked for me, too. But by the time he threw his third, I was actually laughing out loud, and that really made their day because I was in the corner, like, actually maniacally laughing because I said, this is just par for the course, dude. Not great for the Steelers, but great for me. I was screaming because that was in the corner where I'm sitting and I am screaming at the referee there. I'm just yelling. And I, I, you know, I had a little more to drink yesterday. It was Ravens week. It's Ravens game. Oh, right? of course, you know? dude. I, I feel that I wasn't driving yesterday. My other <laughs> was there. No. And I, you know, again, I don't drink during the game usually. And, uh, it's funny because we were talking to a couple that came down. They were a little older than us. And, um, a uh, guy had a Flacco jersey, Super Bowl patch, the Art Model patch on it and stuff. We start talking. There's yeah. a big bus 
trip that always comes down every year there. Those people were great. And then on the way back from the stadium, we had these complete Jags that were walking and they're talking playoffs and shit. And then, um, of course, cousin opens his mouth and these guys wanted to like fight. It was like six on one or two. If I jump in with them, you know, I was like, this just ain't going to be right. And yeah, you know, but you're like six, five. So you're like two guys. Yeah. I might be able to take one. I don't know. They had a couple big dudes. The one that was talking the most, of course, was like, you know, having the little Pomeranian dog, uh, you know, Hey, your, your bark's a lot louder than your bite there. You might you just put just... your hand on his head and he'll do like <laughs> this twinging arm thing. I just do the Najee. Najee got the Harry Potter stick again the week before. Boom. The angry yeah. runs and forgot to mention that, but, uh, yeah yeah no it's just like a tale of two different things but it really it really ticked me off though because it's like you're talking about playoffs like you, you guys might not even have your second string quarterback right now and you just scored 16 points and you've struggled to score any points so you know i, I wouldn't feel entirely comfortable you won the game because mitch trubisky's really bad i think the steelers still could overcome that if he doesn't throw one or two of those interceptions me too. Just take yeah. one, take one of them away, man. Give it, give us some points on one of those yeah. wasted opportunities. Yeah. Uh, I, again, the, just to reiterate the block field goal. I don't think I made this point well enough. That'll be the last one I think I make for this show because I'm just irritated. I need to get over this. I need to let the stress levels come down. My blood pressure. Uh, I need to take some, start taking some pills. They may need some Steelers branded, um, Blood pressure pills. <laughs> Dude, you're, you're, <laughs> no, I'm a stay. Mm, I'm a stay. I'm a stay in bed. Uh, I love that. Renegade. Renegade. Yeah. yeah. Oh, renegade could have been better. Almost. Almost. But anyways, um, the uh, block field goal. I think that changes the way. Like, I don't think the Ravens necessarily play the same way against the Steelers' offense if that's a one-score game. And I also think they change up what they're going to try and do offensively again they played from a position they played from a and they never they never played from behind in this game that's a yeah. position of strength so uh that could have changed the tide that made it very difficult for the Steelers to be able to kind of change that momentum at that point in the game uh that didn't help obviously if they would have gotten that field goal I, I think maybe the Ravens do a couple things differently and we're not necessarily guaranteed that it's even a 16 14 two point uh, gap here at the end. By the way, talk about exactly. with the bookies. Two and a half points, man. Two and a half points. So that's what I had them. I had them uh, uh, minus two and a half in the under. So yeah, yeah, Double just the other way around. So, um, but yeah, it might have been like a four point game or a five point game instead. The Steelers may not have had that opportunity with Mitch at the end to score that touchdown. So they just, you know, they play from a position of strength. And you just, there's nothing you could do about it in that particular game script after everything that had happened with the turnovers and things like that going forward. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent serious. I think if, um, I, I, I don't trust him. I, you can't play him. You can't play him period. Uh, time to put Mason out there at least to be the guy with the, with the little heads, uh, thing in his ear and see if Kenny's healthy to play. I don't think it, I think Kenny got to continue playing through the end of the year. I don't think they have to be selfish necessarily for victories, they still have winnable games all the way down the schedule here. Uh, oh yeah, I'm with you there. I wouldn't so. unless it's unless it's that bad with his head and his brain. Don't don't shut him down. Don't shut Kenny down. No. There, there, there's there's a talk out there about TJ playing hurt right now and shutting him down. But Kenny, no. Let yeah. the development continue to grow if if he's healthy. Um, and again, I I remember when he got his last concussion. We were on this very show talking about how he'll probably miss the next game. I said I'm not a doctor. I don't know how is how bad that was. So I'm I don't know that he's not necessarily going to be cleared for this game. But um, if he can't play this game, then he can play the next. That's hopefully the 
route I hope the Steelers go. I definitely don't want to see him shut down for the year if he's healthy. I think he's still on good pace to continue his development here. I think if you shut him down after getting a concussion and that that'll just like rattle his development a little bit, you know, maybe stunt his growth. And I don't want that. Yeah. And as far as TJ, um, I like, I feel why shut him down? I don't know. I don't know, man. Unless he's, he's like really, he, he, he'd have to be like really hurt. He's still like, who else? You got Lee out. They put Lee out there as an outside linebacker again yesterday because yeah. you got nobody else. So Delonte Scott, like Delonte Scott, hold on. Well, oh. that's the thing. You'd be waving the, you'd be waving the white flag if you, if you do it. That's what you have mm-hmm. to decide is like, or do you think this guy's risking his body every week or like, I, I don't know. I don't think he's been the same TJ since coming back or like anywhere close, but, um, you know, if, if he, He's a grown man. He's a very high-paid player. If he don't, if he wants to keep playing, I'm sure he will. Actually, uh, it's not Scott that I'm thinking of. Now I'm trying to give me Malik a Malik Reed. Uh, no, Malik Reed was inactive. So um, it was. yeah, he was inactive. Um, he he went from like questionable on the injury report down to uh, down to playing, and then not. Jameer Jones is wearing 48 uh, uh, right, right now. Right, right. That's why <laughs> it's a rotating jersey this year. I can't yeah. keep track, but it's um, yeah. Like I, when I see those type of numbers out there, he played ten snaps. Who Jones? Yeah, ten to sixty-one. Like yeah, yeah that's just not that's not going to do. Alu was out there for twenty of them. Warmly, I know, got banged up a little bit. Warmly's a guy I'm out on too. It seemed like while he was out there, the Ravens were able to impose their will. What does that sound like? It sounds like last year when he was the starter. Yeah, he's just mid, dude. Like the kids say, yeah. he's just he's very mid I'll, normally. He's very average. Like at best, he might get you a run stuff or two or sneak through for a, a hustle sack, but he, he's strictly a depth guy. Yeah. How cool was it, though? He was a former Raven. So when he got banged up, both sides of the ball came over to him and you know, had slaps and everything. Oh, like really? That. Yeah. 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 They probably don't show it on TV. They never show guys that are injured. They never, they, they try and take the camera away, cut the commercial, yeah. whatever, show really crappy graphics. At least we won't have the one where it's like, Hey, here's all the Colts quarterbacks since Andrew Luck. You won't have that with the big Ben one, hopefully. And that's the thing I wanted to avoid. And from there you could build everything else around it. So you're upset. You didn't get the bragging rights against the Ravens. You see, it won't be a playoff team. Some people trying to be like, Oh, I'm a realist. So if they, I just don't want to make the playoffs and get spanked. And it's like, man, I'll take the playoffs every day of the week. You know, that's, that's still, it's, it's a building blocks. You don't want the team to go out on a slide and think they're a losing team. You know how hard it is to get that stench off of you. Just look, Dude, at- I can level with, I can level with some fans that want us to like, you know, shut it down in a sense. I, I actually can't level with that and see the positives of it, but it's not as easy as doing it in Madden. Like these guys, NFL players, they're playing a very intense sport at a high level. And a lot of them are playing for money, whether it's contract incentives or it's to get a deal next year with a different team. So getting guys to tank in the NFL, it's really hard to do. So not that I don't see the positives and finishing out like not well, just from how you set yourself up next year's standpoint. But I just think it's a, unrealistic thing to root for they're still going to try to win these games and because of that you might as well get on board and try to see the positives of finishing out well which would be the continued development of the young players not ending the season with a bad smell on you like there's a lot of positives to finishing well without necessarily making a playoff run you know but i um i do see where those people are coming from it's just it you can't you can't convince nfl players to tank that's why the dolphins got in trouble 
for their owner trying to do it because like half the team was like, no, we're not doing that. You know, Flores didn't want to tank either. So that's why he's here now. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's going to be, I, I was starting to hint that that could be the new defensive coordinator next year, maybe a coordinator cleaning of house Austin out for Flores yeah. and Sullivan in for Canada. And people aren't going to like that. Mark the date down the day after the Ravens loss, December 12th, where I'm saying this, um, usually maybe even in these positions, like a team might, go to having a younger player come in. I don't, I can't think of any spot on the field or where there isn't already a younger player that's getting valuable PT or would need to get some to order to show that they should be a, a key component next season. I think we've already Martin got the, Robinson, but there's no, there's no room really with Spillane. The only guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't think he's experienced enough what did he yeah. play? One year at linebacker, like in college, maybe two. I know he was yeah, converted. Shanti made the team. I mean, he shot. Yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised because he had a really good preseason. But that'd be a guy. It'd be cool to see, see. It'd be cool to see get some reps for sure. But I just don't know how I special mean, teams. I guess. Yeah, Jalen Warren's already getting time. He saw a yeah. little Benny Snell, but he's in a contract year. George Pickens is already out there. Like none of the wide receivers. I mean, Deontay's already got the bag. And Najee, he's not going anywhere. Like, uh, who else is there other than the quarterback position? You don't have anybody else you could play on the offensive line, nor do you really want to break any, dare I say, continuity that they have. <laughs> but what little they have, it's been almost the same guys for all but like a snap or two. Defensive line, are you shutting down like Cam Hayward for like Leal or somebody? No, you might get Leal or Adams out there. They were already been out there enough, though. Yeah. Um, uh, there's nobody else on the edge that you need to play, and there's nobody on the inside, and there's no other corner. There's there's nowhere else to go. This is what you got. So um, let these guys have a little bit of time. Yeah, were they beating up some like, kind of mid-tier inferior teams? Absolutely, you know? But that still shows that they're not all the way at the very bottom of all of this. Are they in the bottom half? Yeah, because they're not a playoff team. 14 teams make the playoffs now. So, yeah, they're in the bottom half of this, but are they in the upper part of the bottom half? Okay, how much of an accomplishment is that? I'll, I don't know. In all of Mike Tomlin's seasons, though, as a head coach, the Steelers have either been in the postseason or they've been the first team out. So this is like, this is new territory for everyone. It's a tough pill. It's a tough, bitter pill to swallow. And uh, I don't know. I, I think a lot of this just comes from, and we might be preaching in a choir. We've got some two percenters that are still hanging on here. About to put a bow on this show. But, uh, you know, they hear it from everywhere else. And they come here and they're like, yeah, we agree. We agree with you guys mostly. You can get a couple people who are just... They're going to be in the fire Tomlin things. And it's like, that's not necessarily the solution either. You know how hard it is to find a head coach. It's head coach and quarterback. You got to have them both paired together. I heard a guy on the radio yesterday talking about Mike Vrabel. The Steelers should have had him. At what point? He didn't even play here when he was a player. <laughs> Under At power. Point, I think he got his job like when we were in the championship game. There's yeah. also a good Tomlin season. Yeah, like, you know, even if he was exactly people, you know, it, it seems like forever ago that they were in that AFC championship game. And it's the teams that are healthy are the ones that seem to get through all the time. Uh, everybody says, how does this team do it? Or how does this team do it? They don't. The Bengals got won the AFC last year because they were the healthiest team. Look at the Rams this year. They aren't healthy at all. They built to win. They will. They put it all in to win that last year, and they might be done. And I was thinking about that trade that they made with Detroit and how Detroit's turning things around and how it was probably a win-win for both of them and Jared Goff's playing better. And But Detroit has been bad for so long, and they're trying to change that culture and become a 
become and learn to win. You know what I mean? Uh, they're my they're my pseudo team. My friends and I agreed on that yesterday. We're gonna be rooting <laughs> for the Lions for the rest of the year and the Steelers in a sense. But my boys got a a former teammate from college on the Lions, John Kaminsky, oh. number yeah, seventy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, my buddy played with him. He was in his wedding, like all this shit. So like they're real tight. John actually follows me on Twitter too. No big deal. But uh, he's playing a lot for the Lions on the defensive line. He plays more snaps than uh, Hutchinson. So uh, we're restoring the roar over here, baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, restoring the roar. Too. That's really cool for Goff because there was like a large like idea out there that he was washed and wasn't good anymore. And like Wentz was like the better of the two of them. I think it's pretty clear he's better than Carson Wentz and has done a good job, like more or less reviving his career in Detroit. He's put that team in position now that they don't have to think about like drafting um, a quarterback next year anyway. Potentially. Potentially. Other yeah. Needs. yeah. Yeah. Depending on how they feel, but it, you know, it's a lot of, they're catering to that guy and, and doing what's best for him. I think that's also part of the Steelers problem. I don't think Trubisky and Pickett are the same two guys and the play calls and the things that one guy's comfortable with the other isn't, et cetera, et cetera. You almost have to scheme it up two different ways and a third different way if it's Mason Rudolph, because Rudolph does not have the same. He can escape, but that—that's definitely not his game. And what happened to Mitch throwing on the run? I got one more point here. Like he, he doesn't <laughs> throw on the run. Like Kenny Pickett. Yeah. That's been Kenny Pickett's been backyard football in it a little bit. Like Ben, like young Ben especially, because all Ben was kind of like, you know, okay, I'm taking three steps. I'm out of breath. Let's just throw it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, but Mitch, that that should be part of his game. And I saw him roll out completely to the wrong side. Like almost directly, not only into pressure, but where he had nobody to throw it to. It's like exactly. even if he had like a guy that might have been in his face, he also had a little bit of protection there. And there were there was like two or three options that he could try and find uh, somewhere with the ball. And I'm just like, eh, I'm done with it. I can't say anymore. It's like he can do it. You know, it's a part of his game. But then like he just crumbles mentally when when in the opportunity. Because I'm with you. He he sometimes does a good job of Mitch of getting out of the pocket, like escaping something, but then he runs right into something else, whether it's uh, a would-be waiting tackler to grab him and sack him, or he dances around and just ultimately throws it out of bounds. And that's the stuff that people bitch about Kenny for. It's like, oh, he needs to find a guy in this. And it's like, dude, Mitch, like, it is the worst on the team at throwing on the run, I think. Like, Mason even showed that he could do it a little bit in preseason. So Mitch just can't handle it mentally, I think. I think he's so stressed and so uh focused on trying to do everything right because of how his career is gone i.e being a bust basically that yeah he can escape the pocket he can throw on the run but it's not coming together for him whenever those opportunities arise yeah i think he's kind of ruined and it's yeah. a it's a, a more or less combination of all of the different coaches and everything else like you said the mental aspect of it uh as well as maybe the talent wasn't quite there to be at the level too. And yeah. it's just, it's kind of like a hodgepodge of both of them, but that'll do it. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe folks. <laughs> so Zach, man, thanks. This is, um, it's stressful. Want to. Yeah, I know, dude. It's okay though. We'll be okay. It's just a down week. Everything was rainbows and unicorns the past three weeks. <laughs> oh, I missed it. You got to do it. You got to give us another one of those. I didn't want to hit my phone, dude. Uh, where are we I at? On purpose here. <laughs> it's that was great that was pretty good like i could probably i might pitch one over this might be the new thing i know brian might be down with this too because he's like a older guy you know what i mean i don't have as far a distance to throw there so mine's kind of like a little weaker so anyways uh my name's joe his name's zach aka flash 
Maybe I just need to start going by a moniker or a nickname. Just don't call me Lurch, man. Even though the Wednesday show is kind of cool so far from what I saw. Uh, that was the basketball nickname. I guess if you're just at least if you're a tall, like pale skinned dude, uh, yeah, that's what you're that's what you're it's being called. Yeah, yeah, it's automatic. So <laughs> but that was the name in high school and I embraced it. I embraced it. You got red paint. You got to paint the barn red. So yeah, like the Undertaker. That yeah. works. Uh, yeah, I like that, man. Dude's bigger than me, though. He's like six, eight, six, nine or something. Uh, gentry sized. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gentry sized for sure. Yeah, man, I just Connor Hayward, too, man. Connor Hayward um, could have been used a little bit more. He had quite a few. He he got some PT, too. Uh, yeah. he, that caught was just, a, he caught a ball from Mitch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, one. Yay. You know, <laughs> so uh, I was going to look that up real quick too. Connor, 11 snaps. That's 11 pretty, snaps, pretty healthy. That. Pretty healthy. But yeah, again, you know, I'm just going to sign off on it. We'll have more to talk about because when we pre preview these other games, it's like, what else is there going to be to talk about? It's going to be whether or not uh, you're dealing with all of this other mess and who's yeah. a quarterback. And, uh, you know, my confidence of winning any games going out if it's Mitch is zero. I'm sorry. There's not anything there. You get one good half of football, one good two, three drives maybe. You couldn't even string that much together. I get you're coming in cold and all of those different things, but this isn't the same as Mason Rudolph coming in cold or Landry Jones yes. coming in cold. The, the guys that have like no starts in the league or very few or under 10 and maybe 300 lifetime pass attempts. The guy, uh, but I'm going to pull this up again because I'm just not going to let it go, man. I, I, I'm so... I'm disappointed and uh, I'm disappointed because like I said, a winnable game. You can't make an excuse for Mitch coming in cold because he showed on his one first good drive of the game that he yeah. knew what he was doing. and could play fine. And then he just sucked after that. That's so, true. 1743 career attempts. I'm not sure if that includes yesterday's game as well. He's thrown for over 11,000, 11,725 yards in his career. That's not a guy that, should need much of a warm up or tune up. This should be an experienced guy that you can rely on, like a um, dare I say a Byron Leftwich, Charlie Batch, Michael Bick, Bruce Gradkowski, even Chase Daniel. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys that should be able to push and move the ball. So I'm not. That's where I'm coming from. Not even, not even a backup anymore. Let alone a starter. Not even a backup anymore. My name's Joe. His name's Zach. That's it, man. Sixteen fourteen. Sucks. Sucks. Snaps a four-game win streak against the Ravens, too. Four in a row. Today's darkest before the dawn. That's right, man. That's a great quote. Uh, Christopher Nolan, Batman movies, right? The Dark Knight movies. Thank you, yeah, maybe. Sounds like it. So, anyways, folks, that'll do it for us as we always close out the show. We encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website www.steelcityunderground.com